I'm Jamie Adams, and I've been making money like a good Ferengi. I'm Ian McAllister, and my psychopathic dragonkin wizard won the recent game of Roleplayer. And I'm Sam Mags, and it's either the decks I'm picking, or I'm simply just amazing at Keyforge. It's the decks. Either way, this is Brainwaves, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. And the headlines for week beginning the 16th of September 2018. The tabletops came to Scotland, and it was good. Take part in making Rome fall, or not, in the new game in the Pandemic series. And Fortnite comes to Monopoly! Uh, I'm sorry, what now? Fortnite comes to Monopoly! Yeah, you, you put Monopoly in the headlines. Headline news, Ian, all the way. All the big, all the big news here on Big News Brainwaves. What's time board game world? Monopoly. Have you guys got like a, a, a spin-off podcast all about Monopoly that I don't know about? Oh, we sh- if we don't, we should. Well, hear me out, because it sounds kind of interesting. All of this and more on this week's Brainwaves. Over the weekend of 1st and 2nd of September, Tabletop Scotland came to the Dura Centre in Perth. Uh, Sam and I were in attendance. My, I was uh, running the playtest zone there, and Sam was just there as a punter. And it's safe to say that it was an absolutely resounding success. It was a good time. Uh, yeah, it was really good. They had over a thousand, they had 1,067 uniques through the door, uh, 1,521 through uh, over the weekend. Uh, and we had a fantastic time, didn't we, Sam? We did. It's half three on day one of Tabletop Scotland. I am here with co-host Sam, who has been wandering around the con, buying things, generally making a nuisance of himself. How have you been getting on, Sam? I'm good. I'm good. It's cool. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think of the first year um, of Tabletop Scotland? I think there's a lot here. There's a lot to do. For its first year, it's a really good size. There's two very distinct areas. There's, like, the main hall. We've got lots of of playtest stuff, lots of library things, lots of... People showing off cool things, lots of shops, and then there's like a food area with a load of break-off rooms for RPGs and bits and bits like that. So I think size-wise, first con, it's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. really, really. There's a lot going on. As you can hear from behind us, there's loads of stuff going on, loads of noise. I see like sort of several hundred gamers just playing board games, people wandering around buying stuff. Uh, yeah, big organised areas upstairs, RPGs and everything. But the team have just done a really good job for a first year. I'm really impressed. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know what else to say. What should we say? Me neither. We're here, Jamie, and you aren't. <laughs> yeah, it was my first real kind of convention of that type. I've done Compulsion over in Edinburgh, but I think it's a different. It's a different kind of event. A different beast. Um, this, yeah, and this was definitely a much more kind of large event floor convention as you'd kind of typically imagine it was a good yeah. time i think they had a really good range of of events on show really lots of things for the public to get up to um i did a little type up um as part of the blog and yeah. you can go ahead over to the website and, and read a bit more about kind of what we did but um yeah it's a really good time yeah, it was really good, and they had they had a really good attitude for welcoming uh, people who may not be into board gaming. They had a gateway zone right at the front of the convention hall, uh, Habbo running a family zone, loads of stuff going on, loads of little exhibitors, um, huge open gaming area with lots of games in a, uh, in a lovely games library, D&D epics going on, um, panels, all sorts. It was really, really, I had a really good time. It was really well run. And you wouldn't know it was the first year of the con. It was so well organized. No, I don't think really, you would, yeah. really slick. I only went for the Saturday. 
day, but I still had like a, a full day of, of, of gaming, you know, got lots of things in, um, a fair amount of things that I wanted to do, didn't get around to doing, but I still had a, had a really enjoyable time. I just saw lots of pictures from various different people uh, and everyone seemed to be having an absolute blast. So from what I saw, it looked good. Yeah, the feedback's been very positive overall, and they did a great, uh, a, a great amount reaching out as well. They they managed to get coverage in the national over on STV. They got they got really sort of mainstream coverage for the event, which is really really good to see. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year, and I will be there next year. Damn right. <laughs> now, 2018 is the 10 year anniversary of Pandemic, Matt Leacock's seminal game of disease fighting. Safe to say, I think it took the world by storm. And now we've got a brand new version of Pandemic coming out. Pandemic, the Fall of Rome. In it, players, one to six players. The first time Pandemic, I believe, will be including a solo game mode. Duel worked for the glory of Rome to hold the line against barbarian invaders. Various Germanic tribes like the Anglo-Saxons, the Goths, the Vandals, and other foes like the Huns will be attempting to defeat the Roman Empire. And you'll send your little soldier meeples throughout the empire to try and stop them sacking cities. Interestingly enough, the game also comes uh, with battle dice, lending uh, a degree of luck, let's say, to Pandemic's already frenetic uh, world-saving mechanics. Uh, But also, the card collection from Pandemic is still there in that you make peace with the tribes by collecting the matching coloured cards. And you can also use those cards to convert other members of that tribe into Roman soldiers. So you can boost your boost your allies that way. Yeah, I don't think much more has been really said about it at the moment. I mean, they've got a main article up on their website, but again, it doesn't really feed into anything, any other greater picture. Um, no. It looks very nice. The components that they've showed off looks, look, look cool. They've got no um, right not to be, to be fair. I think Shop and Sit Down were saying that they'd managed to get a wee sort of sneak preview of it um, at the Gathering of Friends this year and said it was pretty good. Cool. No, I think with a lot of the pandemic games lately that are happening, I think it's more of like a... It's a co-op game in the pandemic vein, but it's not truly a pandemic game. It's maybe just going under that license maybe to help it sell a bit. Who knows? Of course. it's. I mean, you could look at it and go, oh, it's a game about the fall of Rome from various tribes. Oh, people would go, okay, it's like Pandemic, except it's not. Inside, there's a cooperative game. And now putting it under the, the Pandemic banner, it's part of this world where you lots of people work together to save various things. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely looks interesting. It looks different. Um... I like the that you're holding off attack, warding off attack, warding off invasion. It seems kind of cool. Um, I'd like to play more of the Pandemic series, especially um, Pandemic Iberia. I'd really like to play, but again, all of them being kind of £45 board games. Um, yeah, you sort of got to pick and choose really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd like to try Legacy sometime. Same. I would be up for Pandemic Legacy at some point. Very keen. But yes, it says it's going to have a release price of $49.99 and will be out in Q4 this year. So expect it in the next couple of months. Go on then, Sam. I can see you're chomping at the bits to get to this piece of news. Oh, here gets the biggest piece of news I think we've ever covered in the, on, the, on the show, quite Ooh, frankly. That's a bold claim. <laughs> if Very not, claim. the biggest games news, not video games, not board games, biggest games news in the history of games news. The two biggest games, two, the biggest board game, biggest video game, are pairing up to give you what looks to be Riot, this is Fortnite Monopoly. Um, 
We all love metal tokens. Who doesn't like metal tokens? Well, we're going to bin them. We're going to trash them. Everyone gets a cardboard standee. That's where we're going. That's where we're moving. Um, to be honest, this seems a bit more like the, um, the Mario Gamer Monopoly they did a few years back, where it seemed to actually be a bit more of a gotcha game than anything else. That It's a roll and move, going around a circuit, but actually you're trying to get out your opponents and steal tokens and things like that. Um, maybe even making it a better game, to be honest, a bit more of a game. So if people don't know what Fortnite is, it's, it's, it's a battle royale video game where 100 players have to just fight it out until it's last man standing, you know. Um, there's an encroaching storm element, so the map is getting smaller and smaller, and apparently they're going to be doing that in, in, the, in the Monopoly game. Um, there's also a... A building construction element which they've put in the game in the forms of walls by the looks of things they haven't really said much about how it works but i think that might stop you from progressing along the map um you can also get weapons cards which are now the the new community chess cards are uh, weapons and little pickups you can get how this is going to work i don't i don't really know i think it's probably more worth it just maybe making a fortnite board game um, and not just doing a Monopoly spin-off. <laughs> well, funnily enough, Sam, they've actually, uh, several months ago, there was a game called, I believe it's called Last One Standing, yes. was announced. That is yeah. a Battle Royale board game. I'm afraid uh, details are still a little bit sparse on it. Uh, actually, it may have even gone to Kickstarter. Details are sparse in that I haven't looked it up. My apologies, because it just came off the top of my head. Nevertheless, um, just building on what you were saying about the storm card, Sam, it's when you pass go in Fortnite Monopoly, you'll draw a storm from the storm card deck. And uh, from that, it might give you various benefits or penalties, including losing uh, this game's version of money, which is HP tokens. Okay, yeah. And you get you get 2 HP when you pass go. Um, it does come with, I think, 24 cardboard standees, and that was leading to speculation for a while between the three of us, like, is this going to be 24-player Monopoly, which would actually be something to behold. <laughs> it's two I'm to seven right players. No. It's two to seven players. Still, seven players does not count, but hey, we'll see, we'll see what it does. Yeah. Apparently that Monopoly yeah. Gamer edition was meant to be... Yeah, I mean, it got some... Better, that yeah. edition of Monopoly seemed to gain some traction amongst the community, but... Yeah, I still don't really care. I'm not a great fan of Monopoly. Play if you like it, I guess. But yeah, well, it made it into the news, folks. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, nice one, sir. I'm so disgusted by making it in the news. I'm I'm gonna have to go outside for a bit. I really am. Unlike, bye, guys. Well, Ian, is he just gone? He's left us again. Outside. Oh, he was doing something outside. I don't know yeah, what I did see him covered in dirt when he came in. Hmm. Anyway, you can pick up Fortnite Monopoly in in two weeks. Oh, fantastic! There you go. I think I think he went to get his copy. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Two week walk to the shop. Yeah, yeah. That and Love Island, the board game. Jimmy, do you do you smell that? I do. I think we had a, we had a guest over, didn't he? He's cooking. He's cooking dinner. Is it, oh, is that what it smells? Oh, I wondered what that smell was. The rock came over. Oh, what a man. Yeah, I I can smell oh, it. Oh, what a man. What the rock is cooking is a WizKids licensed board game series. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming and I still was just like... Oh... 
WizKids have announced a line of WWE licensed games, starting with Heroclix and Dice Masters, and then branching out into into all sorts of things. Who knows what it's going to be? Um, I just think, is this a license that's really worth? I don't. I've I've always found kind of that pro wrestling thing really really weird. To be honest, I find it an odd thing to get enthusiastic about because it is so staged and fake. And it's like if you want to see people fighting, just watch some boxing. I, it's it's the it's the entertainment side of it. I used to be a, I used to be a big fan when I was about nine or ten, and I've got several fans who are massive fans right now. And it is just you know the physicality of it. It's that storyline that kind of goes very back and forth. It's a soap opera. It's a soap. Opera. And I think yeah. uh, yes, exactly. It's, just, it's it's a very physical soap opera. And I think. Um, wrestling games are few and far between and the ones that have been you know the ones that have been done have only scratched the surface i mean off the top of my head i can think of the luchador uh it was a kind of dice rolling game and again that's mexican luchador wrestling which is slightly different but, it's, but it's, it's wrestling either way you know yeah no absolutely and if we're going to see more board games of it i'm very interested to see what it what it will bring and i suppose very much each wwe wrestler is a brand in themselves yes, absolutely. and that's what they're selling um i think it's just an interesting move obviously WizKids aren't going to buy this license without knowing it's got some traction no of course not so maybe something cool will come out of that license i don't think personally it's for me at all but hey there's obviously an audience out there who really wants a pre-painted figure of the rock which actually does sound kind of cool yes yeah, see you're talking yourself into it now steamforge games Creators of Guild Ball have announced that for Season 4 of the Guild Ball uh, releases, they're going to be ditching all the cards that come with it and are instead going to be consolidating it all into an app that allow you to allow you to build your team and allow you to manage your team without messing up all your cards. Uh, for the same, they've also delayed the new games, uh, their, their new season's guild, the Navigator's Guild, uh, to ensure supply is readily available to meet demands. Which I nice. played. I played Guild. I had a demo of Guild Ball. Yes, I was there. Uh, I watched you play Guild last Ball. year. It was quite an enjoyable game. It was only very kind of basic, so I didn't see a lot of that team building element. So I don't know how kind of in depth that is. Um, to be honest, but it, is I, qu- it is quite card cardy. Yeah, and I quite like the idea of getting rid of a lot of clutter if you can. Yes, um, if is it just it's just going to be dedicated? Can you print stuff off? Uh, it's pretty much just going to be uh, an app. They, the the new things might come with some cards, but it's all going to predominantly, like second edition uh, X-Wing. It's gonna yeah, yeah, no. I was going to mention that, yeah, FFG have recently done a similar thing with X-Wing 2.0. Um, so, yeah, they've... They haven't done away with cards, but they're having the app take a more prominent role in, in squad building. So, okay. like, keeping track of points updates, they'll be able to kind of re, re-cost points via that. It looks cool. I've been following it quite closely. I'm looking at getting in, maybe, yeah. maybe getting back into it, yeah. Going back into it, you you're a big fan, weren't you, Sam? Yeah, I played it for, like, uh, oh, it had to be, like, four years. And so then you, just kind of fell out of love with it, but second edition's but, come around, and it's, but, you yeah, know, you, cool. you say you know your stuff, you, you know quite a lot. Sam, Sam, Sam. Oh, is this my go now? Oh, okay. Um, oh. Tell me, Max, your special subject? Um, apparently X-Wing Miniatures game. Correct. Oh, good. Question one. At what gaming event in 2012 was the X-Wing Miniatures game first released? Gen Con. Correct. As of September 2018, how many factions have been announced for the second edition? Seven. 
Correct. Two games published by WizKids use the Flight Pass system that was developed for X-Wing. Star Trek Attack Wing is one. What is the other? D&D Attack Wing. Correct. How many ways of ships have Fancy Flight released for first edition? 15. 14. What new mechanic has been introduced in second edition for a select number of pilots, allowing them to affect focus results? The Force. Correct. True or false, there are two epic scale ships for each of the three original factions. False. Correct. Whilst having no damage cards, the Imperial pilot Epsilon Ace had the highest pilot skill in first edition. What was it? Uh, nine. Twelve. There are four types of secondary weapons. Torpedoes, turrets, bombs, and... Missiles. Correct. How many ships with wing in the title are available for the Rebel faction? Five. Seven. What is the playtime of the second edition core set as stated on the box? Half an hour? I'll accept that answer. Sound mags, after ten questions you've scored seven out of ten. Um, th- thank you very much. So we've all done that now. When do we... Do we ever hear the results? I don't really know how that works. I, I, I don't know. I think we're just going to keep going round until... I don't know. Hey, hi, hi, hi guys, um, what's going on? Oh, hi, man. Uh, did, did you, miss, you missed the chair. Sam was, was in the chair. Oh, okay, that then. happened again. Uh, they, they, what? Yeah, yeah they, that does keep happening, doesn't it? I'm really confused. Uh, where have you been? Uh, I've, uh, uh, well, can, can you not tell? I've got all this like dirt and stuff on me. I've, I've been out in the garden in a hole. That sounds stuff. really I ominous, mean, but I mean, I'm up to smell this. of soil. You do smell of soil, so I thought you'd be... That could just be what the rock is cooking. Um, we've got the rock round, Ian. That's true, it could be. Oh, was it... Oh, oh, yeah, I saw him on the way out. He, yeah. He, Lovely guy. Yeah, he's really nice. Yeah. Uh, do, anyway, uh, if, you, if you come outside, I've, I've dug some news up. Oh, cool. Yeah, the first bit of news I uncovered, if you, if you, if you look in this hole here, if you can help, help me out, out, out of the hole of this, it's quite a heavy bit of news, this one. Oh, oh, if you, if oh, you can, it is! Uh, if you can help me, help me, thanks. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's this massive, massive tablet that's been uncovered during excavation works um, in Russia. Uh, but it was in our garden. Uh, well, you know, time, space, radio... We can be anywhere. Okay, Sam. We may, we may, we may be sitting on the remains of an ancient museum board of game board burial games. ground. That would be really good for plot. Anyway, this was found inside the 13th century Viborg Castle. Uh, it looks like a nine men's Morris board. It was discovered during excavations um, in in a, uh, a sort of secret area of the castle. And yeah, it's a, just a really, really interesting little find showing that board games were about during the 13th century, if not earlier. And we'll come to more on that in a second. Um, oh, uh, if you help me out this hole a second, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, help me out. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. Okay, okay, yep. okay. Yep. I just yep. dust myself. There we go. Uh, th- this we one's go. a bit more of a shallow hole over here. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this one, uh, it's it's a sort of uh, a sort of little uh, tablet. Um, uh, lots of game. tablets uh, being dug up. Yeah, lots of lots of lots of tablets being dug up. You know, well, you know, we've got tablets now. They had tablets then. Well, you know, technology technology has come full circle. So tablet-based gaming. Yeah, it's uh, found while searching for the Monastery of Deer in Aberdeenshire, uh, an establishment uh, that they think is responsible for an important text of the time called the Book of Deer, which was widely believe it's widely believed to be the oldest Scottish manuscript. Um, the, uh, oh, wow. the board game they, uh, the board game they found uh, they carbon dated it to the seventh or eighth century, which is round about the time the monastery was probably probably about. So yeah, it's a promising discovery in in their search for this monastery. Sorry, sorry, Ian. they carbon dated it to how long ago? About um, the year six hundred and sixty-nine. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm 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 seriously impressed. Yeah. 
It's quite impressive, isn't it? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, this this one's actually in my shed, if you, uh, well, if you want to come in here. Well, oh, this is your shed? Yeah, yeah, the, the, no, this is where I live. Oh, uh, this this one uh, was found um, in Jersey. It's a game mocking uh, Nazis during the occupation, and it's called Occupation. Jersey, Jersey, the Channel Island. Jer Jersey, the Channel Island, not in a Jersey, okay. in the island of Jersey, or or, 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 or New Jersey. Indeed. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was uh, found by uh, a Simon Griffiths in a suitcase in his new house. It's a roll move game. Very, it looks very much like a Monopoly board, uh, but has all, uh, it has on the front of it "Laugh Your Troubles Away" by Plain Occupation. Tell your friends about it and cheer them up as well. And uh, it has all sorts of spaces like losing ration books and all sorts of things like that. And it was just sort of mo mocking the the Nazi occupation, showing that board games have been right through right through history uh, and always about uh, always political. In any in every way, absolutely, and another way to inveigle what looks like monopoly into uh, the news. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, what a day! Oh what a day it's been. Indeed. Anyway, let's go back into the studio, gents. That's enough mucking around outside, isn't it? It's time for some brainstorms. Brainstorms. We've talked in the news today about how Gilball has moved to an app component uh, rather than having its cards, and X-Wing 2nd Edition is also doing the same thing, and I believe uh, the game War Machine is also going that direction. So more and more games that we're seeing app integration, and what we'd like to talk about today is can apps really improve our experience at the table? What do we think, guys? Straight up, I think yes. As a general answer to that question, I think they can. When yeah, I, I think they can, they can take away a lot of the sort of like the pain, the pain of setup and that kind of thing. Certainly, Mansions of Madness Second Edition is a really good example of this. The first edition of that I played, and the setup was horrendous. And if you got any of it wrong, it basically ruined the game. And the second edition is much, much better with the app because it just does that setup for you. I think, I think it's, isn't that very similar to Imperial Assault as well? It's both of them have kind of taken a a GM role, as mm. it were. They were relieving another player yeah. of the the point of just going, right, I want to play this game, but I can't because I have to play the Game Master role because you don't know what you're doing, so I'm going to rely on this. With in, this especially uh, this with app. Imperial Assault, that was me for a very long time, that I played a lot of Imperial Assault, but I never felt I actually played the game in the right sense because I was the Empire player, you know. Um and but now there's, a, that, now there's a basically an AI GM, isn't there? Yeah, and I think that really frees that up for it to be a truly cooperative experience. Yeah. Rather than a, a them against you, you're all just playing this game together. Like Mansions of Madness. So previously, did you have a um, like an Overlord player? Uh, there... Let me. Yeah, there was basically an Overlord player, and you had to set up everything very precisely in a very precise way because because of the investigative nature of the game. But if you got anything slightly wrong, it just just blew up. Also, I have uh, it's slightly anecdotal, but uh, a friend of a friend running Game of Mansions of Madness, and especially if you get uh, gamers who are very picky on details, and they would potentially just potentially rules lawyer it uh, slightly unfairly and go ah but you can't attack they're moving exactly this far away and you can't attack because they're actually diagonal away from you and you can't attack if you're diagonal with this because there's actually a wall in the way and this thing can reach around a corner and this will take out some of the shall we say less unfairness that may come from a human well, and, I, and i think as well like it's the thing it's the same thing with video games is that actually you can't get the rules wrong in a video game 
because it knows what the rules are. Whereas yeah. in a board game, there's a lot of like that, you know, it's like, oh, so can I move diagonally? Can I attack diagonally? What does this weapon like fully do? All these things. Yeah, Actually, it's... the app will just say, sorry, you can't do that. Yeah, that's a really interesting point about sort of rules and making like taking away the sort of human unfairness component, that rules lowering kind of thing, because the app will just do its thing. Yeah, uh, like I, I played the the XCOM board game a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I sold it recently because it just wasn't getting played as much. But it had a really interesting app component, really stressful sort of timer of uh, it, it acted. Uh, the app in XCOM kind of like acted like the infection deck in uh, Pandemic, and it would change things and do things and push out m- more problems. And there's a lot of speculation that it would sort of adapt a little bit to how you well you're doing because you would feed back information into yeah. it so it would sort of no, change I've, a I've bit. also played a lot of XCOM and also what I got from that is just it added so much to the theme of that board game yeah yeah that you're there with yeah. the computer blasting out like this is where the aliens are this is what's coming in do this do that and actually just having a screen doing that was really in theme yeah. Because you're in a control room, in a sense, doing these things, pressing these buttons, whilst also talking with your friends around a table and pushing things across a map, like a war room, almost, you know. I was just double-checking, I'm just talking about app, you know, we're obviously we're talking about app integration and, you know, how, you know, like, like you said, XCOM, it kind of is, it's integral to it. Um, and I was just double-checking something that uh, I was remembered of. And Fireball Island by Restoration Games during the Kickstarter, one of the unlocked, I guess, stretch goals or things is a complimentary app you can get for it, which would give uh, a first-play randomizer, score sheet, sounds of the island, okay. uh, sound clips of the thing, uh, and allow a co-op game mode as well. Rules for it. So it's it's integrating that. And there's also a, a game called World of Yo. Oh, yeah. I've heard about, about that. Years yeah. ago. Don't know if you've heard about this. The, the, basically, it came with a just a map, and it told you to download the game onto your phone, and your phone became your playing piece. Um, you would move your phone about the I map, about, that, about yeah. the board. Yeah, and you you, know, you plug in right where you're going, and if you'd meet other yeah. players, games you'd, you'd appear in each the other game screens. was not meant to be that great, but it's an interesting idea, certainly, to use your phone as a component is a really interesting idea. Exactly. I think I think it is the next. I don't say the next logical step, but it is a, a, one of the logical next steps in app board game integration as we find more and more the analog and the digital. Uh, yeah, and I think meeting. XCOM was the first kind of mainstream foray into that with FFG doing yeah. this. Eric Lang designed game. It was a you know big license really. There was a lot of controversy at the time, I remember, yeah. Completely. But now FFG have really kind of embraced that. So you've got Mansions of Madness. You've got um, Descent, second edition. You've got Star Wars Imperial Assault. As we mentioned, X-Wing has that... um, Keyforge is going to have an app component as well. Keyforge as well. So really kind of digital meeting the tabletop, I think they're really going for it. Because obviously... Obviously, it's seeming to work. Like, if people were really hating on this and it wasn't working, they wouldn't continue with it. And, of course, we've got the Dyes app as well. Uh, Our interview with Dyes is still coming, but we'll hopefully have that out in the next month or so. Uh, But, yeah, that's an app that's basically going to take or intends to take over the rulebook for you. Yeah. I think one thing that people need to realise and need to kind of grasp is that companies don't want apps to take over board gaming. It's always to augment and hopefully enhance a gaming experience, you know, that it's never board games are becoming video games. And every game I've played with an app element, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, and one thing to say also, like, with uh, you get app versions of games as well, like complete 
complete yes. digital versions. Uh, from what I've heard about that is that a lot of the time, the app version of the game helps the physical sales because people can sort of try it for like basically two, three quid, see if they like it, and then they feel like picking up the board game, and that's great. And it's and it's and it's a lot easier. And the, of course, they can get their board game out to millions of people very easily without having to ship, etc. I was in stuff. a board game shop today, and I was very much considering getting um, Onirim. The card game. Oh, yeah. I don't know if either of you've oh, played that. Yes. Um, yes. Because I've played it a lot on my iPad, and I really enjoy it on the iPad. There we go. Um, cool. So I can. I didn't get it. But <laughs> story. Sam. Sam thinks about buying a game. Decides so not, not to. to. I got the latest Arkham expansion instead. Oh well. Um, <laughs> ah. And actually, quite similar. Um, the game Onitama was recently released for free on Android and iOS uh, as yeah. an app. And apparently, according to a lot of the board game uh, pages on Facebook, they seem to be, people seem to be playing more, a lot more of it. people are doing it's this. It's still you know, a little bit buggy, but uh, but it's it's showing a lot of and promise. And as, we, as we've talked about previously, um, FFG have just announced, um, just released in early access the Lord of the Rings, the card game on Steam. Um, so that's a physical card game making its way over to a digital platform. It is a different game, I think, in total however it's still that overlap and i think it is something really i'd like to see embraced not necessarily embraced more but i think it for what i've seen it used in it has been good Uh, yeah i think what we're driving at is that app integration into tabletop games can be a really good thing it can absolutely enhance the experience and it's not something to be feared Uh, we all carry smartphones in our pockets they're it's easy to get these apps and a lot of these, this app integration isn't take, isn't going to like ruin your board game for years and years and years. It, you're still going to be able to play it down the line. It'll be fine. And uh, yeah, and hopefully uh, some of the digital versions of games will bring more people into the hobby. Uh, so uh, that's about all we have time for on this episode of Brainways. But before we go, we'd just like to give a little boost and shout out to Meeple Perk, a new cafe in Newcastle, new board games cafe that is looking for funding. They've got a lot of their funding sorted out already, and the Kickstarter is really just to get them over the final sort of hurdle, the final little bit of money they need to really kick things off. Uh, this people involved really sound like they've got know what they're doing. Sound like they've got their head screwed on. One's a, one's a barista by trade basically the other's a real board game enthusiast um, and yeah it'd be really nice to see another board game cafe open up because they're really good portals for the hobby uh, so yeah uh, we'll put a link to them in the show notes and yeah give them your support if you can we wouldn't be here without board game cafes absolutely not no, we, absolutely. we three would not have met without a board game cafe uh, and one last thing uh, we just want to put, do a little shout out to a couple of other podcasts that are out there you should check out i met the guys from the first player token uh, over the course of Tabletop Scotland, uh, there are Scotch-based podcasts as well. Uh, you should check them out. They do a week uh, weekly podcast. It's uh, one week's computer games, one week's board games. Uh, so do check out their stuff. They've just put out their Tabletop Scotland podcast, which I haven't listened to yet, but I will be doing so by the time this goes out. And uh, a little shout out to our friends over at the Smart Party as well, who have been putting out some really good casts recently. They're an RPG-focused podcast. Uh, my friend Gaz and his mate Baz. Um, yes, they are called Gaz and Baz. It's still funny. Um, they ha- they've had some nice. really good podcasts recently. Their interview with Satine Phoenix, who is the D&D community manager, was fantastic. And they have recently put out a podcast about um, integrating GMing and D&D and that kind of thing into education because Baz is now a teacher and they know quite a few teachers as well. And yeah, so that's really interesting as well. Give, give them a look. Uh, they've got a Patreon as well. Um, if you can chuck a couple bucks their way, please do so. Thank you very much for listening. 
If you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on iTunes. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the Giant Brain, on Instagram, Giant Brain UK, Facebook, The Giant Brain, website, giantbrainu.co.uk, or email us at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Take care. Hello there, Jamie here. Just after we finished recording, we found out that when Sam was calculating the number of ships uh, with the name Wing in their title in the X-Wing miniatures game, he forgot about Y-Wings and X-Wings. According to Sam, he got to U and thought that was it.